Hello and welcome to our final episode of season one of Licensed to Practice from IELTS Medical. We will be talking to paediatric nurse Hayley from Australia. In this episode, we, we talked to Hayley about her career here in the UK. Hayley opted to join an agency rather than go for a full-time permanent role in a single hospital. So we haven't talked about that before. So that's going to be really interesting for you to listen to, hopefully. So let's give her a call. Sit back and listen. It's time for License to Practice by IELTS Medical. Hello, how are you today? Hey, how are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. And yourself? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Good, thank you so much for coming on and uh, and taking the time to speak to me and share your story. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing about it. So would you be able to just tell us a little bit about yourself to begin with? Yeah, of course. So I'm Anna Haley. I am a 24-year-old registered nurse from Australia. Um, and I moved to the UK last September with my current partner. Um, we kind of just made a decision to move. It's something that he wanted to do for a little while. So um, we both kind of decided to come. Um, and originally I actually wasn't even going to do nursing. I was maybe going to have a bit of a break, see what I wanted to do. Um, and then I kind of got everything ready in case I wanted to do it before I moved and mm -hmm. then made a decision to do so. And now I've been here for... 10 months or so and I'm loving it. Oh good, well I'm glad to hear that, I'm glad that it's working out for you. Um, so obviously you said that it was your partner that wanted to move to the UK, um, is there any particular reason that um, you chose the UK or that he chose the UK? Um, yeah, so uh, he's a physiotherapist and for um, a couple of years, um, basically since we've been together, he wanted to move overseas. Um, mm -hmm. It was something that I always had considered um, and UK was kind of a good option for us in terms of travel and in terms of transition for both of our work um, yeah. lifestyles. I guess, I guess um, it was an English-speaking uh, country and we could find companies that um, would relate to our Australian practices so mm -hmm. um, it was a nicer transition we found them looking into other countries and we had such close, close access to Europe so yeah. that was also a leading yeah, oh right good yeah that's all good reasons <laughs> um so how did you find the registration process um I know you said you didn't want to do it initially so did, did you not start the registration process until you uh, had already moved over no or? so I did start it I started it probably late 2018 I mm -hmm. kind of thought if I made a decision not to do nursing, um, it would have been a couple of hundred Australian dollars, you know, a hundred pounds or so that I would have been in loss to. But um, I kind of started the application and set my CVP in the beginning of 2019, just so I had it as an option. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started doing my application process um, through last year, again, because it wasn't really the biggest expense if I wasn't to use it. Yeah. Um, and I thought it would be easier having done it from home, getting all my documentations from home, um, and then kind of having it as an option when I got here. 
Um, and for the first probably two and a half months, I didn't do it. I didn't sit my exam until middle of November. Yeah. Um, so, and then I kind of decided, oh, it's actually what I really enjoy. It's what I'm used to. Yeah. It's what I do. So I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, so in terms of the process and um, the application, I think at the beginning, you just have to submit your initial application and they mm-hmm. just approve that so you can sit your CBT. If you have to do an English speaking test, you sit that um, at a similar time in the initial phases of the process. Yeah. And once you've passed your CBT, I think you get three attempts of it. Um, mm-hmm. And once you pass your CBT, um, you can start submitting your application process. And that was probably the most tedious and time-consuming part, more from my home end, mm-hmm. um, just having to chase up universities to get transcripts and documentation. Yeah. Um, just sometimes took a fair bit of time. Um, and then once you send it to the NMC, it is a bit of a waiting time as well. Probably, mine was probably about six weeks or probably four to six weeks. Yeah, they're, they're fairly quick, I think, aren't approval. they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty understandable. You've got to send your stuff internationally as well. So mm-hmm. they have to receive it and process it. Um, and then once I got here, it was just a matter of applying for the OSCE, which, as I said, I decided to put off for um, a, n- a number of months. I just did some other side little gigs in the time. And um, then when I start my OSCE, it was probably mid-November, and that was really quick. From once I start my OSCE to being on the floor as a registered nurse, it was, I think, maximum 10 days. Oh, wow. It was okay. really, really quick. So, if you, I mean, if you're certain that you want to do it and you know when you're coming, you could have everything very much prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, for you to kind of walk in the door, sit your off-ski and start working within two weeks. Um, yeah, so that's that part's quite good. Yeah, yeah, that is. So you, obviously, you did yours and then did you um, find a job straight away or you did you uh, wait a little bit? So did I'm you... actually still working just for agencies over here. Yeah. Um, so I, I opted not to get a full-time job because our primary reason for coming over here was to travel. Yeah, um, And there was a sense. lot of agency work. It has slimmed down due to the pandemic. But yeah, yeah. Before that, there was not even a qualm. There was, there was so much work going around. Um, and I found the transition from Australia to here nursing as a pediatric nurse quite, quite okay. I came from quite a big hospital back home and mm-hmm. being in the pediatric departments here, I found it, you know, quite comparative in terms of and um, so I didn't find it too dissimilar to home yeah yeah that's good and did you with you doing agency work then have you um had experience in different hospitals or have you found that you're working in one yeah so um a number of hospitals mm. so I'm based in London and, mm-hmm. and I've been working in a number of hospitals probably been to over 15 hospitals now um mm. throughout London and greater London um I probably have a handful that I go to all the time, mm-hmm. um, um, more commonly, but yeah, then once you get to know people within certain hospitals as well, even as an agency staff member, yeah. um, you kind of, yeah, you, you're a priority and they'll try and give you more work as well, so um, yeah, it's kind of worked out well for me thus far. Yeah, it's interesting to hear because I we've not spoken to anyone actually that's that's um, decided to come over here, become registered, and get agency work. Most people we've spoken to have um, gone straight into a full time uh, permanent role. So it's it's good to hear that that's an option as well for people yeah. that might want to do that. And like you said, um, coming over here to, with the intention of traveling, that's a great option 
for yeah, people that maybe um, want to do the same thing yeah yeah it's probably worked out really well the only like the other alternative option would be joining a bank of a hospital so yeah um if you yeah find a bank that you like bank nursing is quite popular here to be mm. somewhat casual so that's also like another option yeah um yeah which is really good as well and gives you the flexibility and a few more benefits yeah and bank is working straight through the nhs is it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you're employed essentially by that trust yeah um and and it's but it's still on a casual basis but mm-hmm. a lot of the the nurses that just do there's heaps of nurses that just do banks for different hospitals just for the mm-hmm. flexibility of having time off if they need it or want it yeah no that's good I'm glad we've talked about that because we haven't before so thank you for sharing that um so obviously you've given you've you've told us a lot about about your story about um kind of your situation do you have um any advice for people um that are thinking about coming over that are thinking about starting the registration process at the moment yeah yeah I think um if you're thinking of starting it I think start it early if Mm -hmm. you know that you're looking at coming in a year's time I think the best thing is to really crack down and get the get the easy stuff out of the way, get the English yeah. test and the um, CBT out of the way um, so that you can get that application done because that is probably what will take the most amount of time. And when mm-hmm. you get here, you if you want to be ready, you essentially can be. So you can book in your OSCE earlier mm-hmm. um, and then and then do it that way if you want. Or if you come here and you, you want a month to prepare, that's completely fine. And that's kind of what I did. I took some time to prepare for the OSCE mm-hmm. um, and took some time to kind of settle into London and the life that yeah. I was choosing to live, which worked out well. So um, it's kind of completely up to what you want and how urgently you want things done. It probably does still take a few months. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think be prepared, um, be open-minded. I think working in a different country is going to be somewhat different to what you're used to at home, yeah. but be open-minded and be open-minded with the OSCE as well. I think you get everyone gets a bit stressed about how much money the specific exam costs and how much um, like pressure there is mm-hmm. um, on it, but I think if you're if you know what you're doing, all your skills and everything is going to be almost exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, there's lots of resources to find their protocols and um, what they're what they're looking for skills wise. I think the thing that I struggled with, which didn't struggle with, but um, just needed to practice and revise, which I did the course for actually, mm-hmm. um, was more the written written parts because they want them written in a specific manner and it might be not used to the same forms or assessment things that you're used to. So yeah. it's more just about familiarize familiarize yourself with the documentation mm-hmm. um, and and things like that. And Are you ready to pass the NMC OSCE the first time as efficiently as possible? Then you're in the right place. Here at IX Medical, we've seen adult nurses through to a first-time OSCE pass ending last year with 98% first-time pass rate and 100% second. We've also assisted mental health nurses, children's nurses and midwives through their OSCE exams too. Accessible OSCE practice rooms and expert-led courses. Our nurses are not only passing their exams, but they're having fun doing it too. Inquire today about how we can assist you too. registered nurse back home in my home country but here I opted to just do the paediatric 
registration. Oh, um, right. So, oh, did you? Yeah. So mm. people are looking to do that. Um, I think there's a lot of like, oh, can you still work as a pediatric nurse if you just do the normal registration? And you can. The answer is yes. I, I have a number of friends who just did the mm. adult regist- uh, registrations that are working in pediatrics. Yeah. Um, I chose to do pediatrics, and that's what I that's what I know, and that's what I wanted to do here, and that was also um, a really good decision for me in the end. So if mm-hmm. people are looking into it, just get the right advice and figure out what is best for you um, if you are a pediatric nurse, because you can always mm-hmm. go straight into pediatrics if that's what you want to do, and you can also work in pediatrics if you just want to get a more open open registration. Yeah. So just to be clear on that, sorry, if you do, so you opted to do the paediatric registration, so that means um, you can only work in paediatrics. Yeah, so I solely work in paediatrics over here. But if you do Um, the adult nurses, you can, the adult nurses registration, you can work in paediatrics. Yeah, Yeah. so you can do both. Um, You can work in paediatrics if you've got paediatric experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for thanks for um, clearing that up. Um, I didn't know that. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for coming on and and for sharing that advice and and your story. Um, I hope you've uh, inspired a few people to to get yeah. going with it. I'm sure you will have done. Um, yeah, well, thank you and uh, have a lovely day. No problem. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to our final episode of Licensed to Practice and thank you so much for listening to the whole of season one and sticking with us until now. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to all of the doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals who I've chatted with this season. There'll be many more to come in season two next year. And thank you so much to Hayley for coming on, shedding the light on agency work, talking about that and giving us all that great advice on the OSCE there at the end and the different routes that are available for you to go down. Thank you so much and we will see you for season two. And as always, to your success.